Bible's reading is from Luke chapter 23, verses 39 to 45. One of the criminals who hung there held insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence. We are justly punished, for we are, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, Truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. It was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. For the sun stopped shining, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. This is the word of the Lord. Uh, James is going to be doing our talk this morning. And uh, I, you, do you know, I, I just... I, I, don't know how many people are aware of this, but this fella's getting married on Friday. <laughs> so uh, we, we're looking forward to a wonderful celebration for that. Um, and I, he, he, here's another thing. I, I don't know if you knew this either, but James has been accepted for training into ordination as well. So, I'd just love to pray for him as he brings us God's word this morning. Father God, I just thank you so much for this man. I pray your blessing over him and Erin and the family as they prepare for their marriage. And I pray your blessing over him now as he brings to us your word. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, mate. Tim's a good fella, isn't he? It's all right, Tim. Uh, do you know when we were in there? Do you know what James done while we were sat there? Seth was laughing. It's not funny, Seth. I, I, was, uh, I was sat in there and I was talking about how we're getting married in, um, on Friday and I'm a bit nervous and that. And he said, imagine she doesn't turn up. And then, and then he goes, uh, Mum and Dad are coming over, are they, today, to flying over from France? Imagine they're coming to take her back. <laughs> and, then, and then he said, no, I'm 50% sure she's going to show up. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, so he said to me out here to, to preach to all of you, feeling nervous, and then he puts that on my head. He's a nice fella, him, isn't he? And then he gets off. He goes out with the kids, so I can't even call him out while he's here. But uh, I wonder what, uh, what everyone's week's been like. Mine's been a bit mad, to be honest. It's uh, been working. So we're going on, a, on our honeymoon next Sunday. So I've got to tie up all like, the loose ends in work and, and cause just get everything sorted before I go. And then uh, getting stuff like the suits sorted. And uh, they done, the, the suit shop done all my alterations on my mate's suit. And all his alterations on mine. <laughs> so, so when it gets there, like my, it's not too bad for me. My trousers and sleeves are a bit long, so they're making them shorter. His were too short, <laughs> so it's been uh, it's been an interesting week, like for us. 
But uh, speaking of the wedding, we would have loved to to invite everybody, but our, our budget just didn't stretch that far. But uh, if you'd like to come to the ceremony, it's 12 o'clock on Friday, and we, we would love to have you all there if, you, if you're available. I'm going to uh, open in prayer. Lord Jesus, we come to you today with, uh, with open minds and open hearts. And I surrender this morning over to you now, God, and I ask that you come and meet with each and every one of us and speak through me today. In your name I pray. Amen. When I got the uh, sermon rotor from James and I read this verse, I thought, oh no, because I was scared. Um, and I was scared because any verse in the Bible that talks about the crucifixion scares me. Because I thought, how can I do that any justice? How can I, in 15 to 20 minutes, talk about how through the cross, all things, and especially the most painful, tragic, and sinful things, can be where we find God? Exactly where we don't go looking for him. How can I get across that the crucifixion of Jesus is at the same moment the best and worst time in human history, the best and worst thing to ever happen? Where do I start to talk about how Jesus paid the price in a mixed world, both human and divine, as he hung between a good criminal and a bad criminal, between heaven and between earth, inside of humanity and divinity, utterly whole, yet utterly disfigured? How can I talk about any of this when I've come to realize I may never understand what happened on the cross? And then I read a quote in uh, one of my daily contemplation books and it said, salvation is not a one-time transactional affair between Jesus and God. It's an ongoing transformational lesson for the human soul and for all of human history. And it challenged me to begin to wrestle with the verse because I thought we're all called into that ongoing transformational lesson. And I come to realize that even though I might never have the cross worked out in my head, I can enter the lesson and start to walk that path with you guys as I do. And in today's verse, we had a conversation, didn't we? We heard Jesus and two criminals who were hanging to his left and right. And the Greek word that's translated into criminals is one that is, is used for like uh, freedom fighters and guerrilla warfare. So we had two people on the cross who were either terrorists or freedom fighters, depending on your political point of view. And Jesus hung there as a person who refused Roman imperial authority, a rebel being crucified with two other rebels. And he was mocked as he hung there. He had a sign above his head that said King of the Jews on it. And he had a crown of thorns and he was beaten and he was powerless and he was bleeding. And then came the first request for salvation only it wasn't a genuine request. It was one of mocking. If you're the Messiah, get down off the cross and save yourself and save us. And in that culture at that time, to say that to Jesus would to be to take away his honor and to call it disrespectful is putting it lightly. He was saying to Jesus, the notion of you being a king is laughable. Look at you. And then we have the other criminal who comes to Jesus' defense. He's seen Jesus for who he is, innocent, in pain, dying. And here comes the second request for salvation. 
Only this time, it's a genuine one. And he says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he recognizes that Jesus is powerless, yet he's got the power to bring salvation. And it makes me think about the the times that I come to Jesus and the times that I pray and how I do that. Because sometimes I've got a little list of things that I'd like him to deal with that I come to and I say, Jesus, I want you to do this. Jesus, can you help me with that? Jesus, can you do this? And I don't know the last time that I came to him and said, will you remember me? And Jesus puts his love into action from the cross. He's there, he's in immense pain. He's carrying the weight of sin on his shoulders and he continues his message of love and he acts on it as well. He generously responds with mercy uh, to this criminal being executed with him and he extends compassion and forgiveness and tells him today you're going to be in paradise and the Greek word for paradise means heaven it means where God dwells it means where the righteous are going to be forever but the same Greek word also was used for the garden of Eden so what that, that guy might have understood when Jesus said that to him is today you're going to be in a place with God. Today, the restoration of the whole of creation has begun. Today, you're going to be like Adam, who walked in the Garden of Eden with with God. Today, you're forgiven. Because even as we hang here dying, even whilst we're in this darkness and in this pain, and suffering is overwhelmingly present, there's hope. Hope for healing. The promise of peace and justice for the whole world once more upon the earth. Because no human condition or situation was beyond Jesus. He carried out his mercy right till the very end while he was on the cross with forgiveness. And from the depths of despair while he's on that cross, the light of the world spoke. And he spoke of a day when light would envelop all of us. When we would be in paradise, when there'd be no more suffering, no more pain, and we got given a glimpse of a healing for the nations. And this applies to all of us here today, as sometimes darkness often hangs heavily upon us, and we have that promise of paradise. And when I first read this verse, I thought about the criminal on the cross, the one who mocked Jesus. And I thought, you know what? I can relate to this guy. He is a man who is literally being crucified on the cross. He's going through pain. He's going through suffering. And as I imagine him in my mind, I can see him there with like blood running down his face. And I thought, what does salvation look like to this guy? What does it look like? And, and it's clear, isn't it, from his mocking and from what he says to Jesus Salvation looks like getting off the cross. And in my job, I work with people who've been really hurt, abused from an early age, and all they've known is suffering. And there was a a few weeks back, I was with a client of mine, and he asked me to go to court with him. And uh, this client who I'm talking about, he's probably one of the most complex hurt people that I've ever met. 
and he carries it round with him wherever he goes. It shapes how he is with other people. It shapes how he communicates, how he trusts every aspect of his life. And it impacts how he sees himself and, and how he loves himself because everyone's hurt him, so he may as well just hurt himself. Because that's what he's worth in his mind, I guess. And we sat in this waiting room at the court and he's going to go in and he's going to plead guilty to what, to what he's uh, been accused of. And um, he knows he's not coming home. I know he's not coming home. And, um, and he's quiet. He's withdrawn. He doesn't really want to talk to me. And he looks really sad. And then just before we get up to go into the, for him to be called in, he looks at me and he says, James, I've been thinking about life, about death and everything. I said, oh yeah. And he goes, what if this is hell? What if we've been sent here to suffer? And I looked at him and I could see it in his face. I could see the suffering in his heart, in his mind, in all of him. I could see it. And he was sad and he was broken. And I didn't know what to say. And before I could say anything to him, he was called into the courtroom. And I went in with him and he pleaded guilty. And he went to prison. And uh, I didn't get to talk to him. And I walked out of the courtroom. And I, I walked out into town. And I just broke down crying. Not because he'd gone to prison. Because uh, <laughs> he deserved it anyway to go to prison. But um, because he was so broken. And he was suffering. And he was hurting. I remember seeing it in his eyes. And uh, when I was writing this sermon, I was thinking about him a lot. And I was thinking, this guy's not easy to love. He's not, he's not easy to spend time with. It's hard because all of his hurt and all of this pain and all of this suffering, it just manifests itself in the way that's, like, that's abusive and it's mocking. And he says things that are nasty about himself, about everyone around him, about me. And it's hard. And it made me think about the guy, the criminal on the cross. Because I thought, to this guy who, 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 I, who I was supporting in the courtroom, I bet your salvation's the same for him. I bet you it looks like getting down off the cross. Like not getting sent to prison. And the guy, the guy who was on the cross, the criminal, dying in immense pain. I imagine that it's, it's his hurt. It's manifesting itself in a way that really isn't easy to love. But how does Jesus respond to him? He doesn't tell him to shut up. He doesn't act in anger. He lets his actions do his talking for him. Right to the very end, he shows forgiveness and love to those who ask for it. He's there being crucified to show that this isn't the way. To show that we need to stop hurting ourselves. To stop hurting other people. And he becomes what we do to each other to show us there's another way. And he refuses to transmit that pain onto other people. And I think about how life's just sometimes, it's just really unfair. Sometimes it hurts. Sometimes we go through pain. Sometimes we've got suffering. And just like... I bet you we've all responded to Jesus in a way that's mocking. In a way that's hard to love. I know that I have. 
for you. And perhaps right now you're going through pain and suffering. And perhaps all you can see is that pain. All you can see is the suffering. And it's shaping how you respond to yourself, how you respond to other people, and how you respond to Jesus. Maybe salvation to you looks like getting off the cross. And anxiety and the weight of darkness is all you can see. And I believe that Jesus, the light of the world, wants to join you where you are. He wants to join you in that. And he wants to bring with him a message of hope and a message of healing. And I look at the other criminal on the cross who's next to Jesus. The one that sees Jesus for who he is. The guy that's also literally being crucified. He's also there feeling the pain. And he knows his time's coming to an end. And he's hurting. But he sees the beauty of God in Jesus. And he knows that Jesus will be coming into his kingdom and he has to be remembered. And Jesus' response to that guy has taught me a lot about how we can shape our relationship with him. At the beginning of the sermon, I quoted a daily devotional that says, salvation is not a one-time transactional affair between Jesus and God. It's an ongoing transformational lesson for the soul. Salvation isn't about Jesus coming to change God's mind about us because it didn't need changing. He's always loved us and he always will. He came to change our minds about God and about goodness and about evil and about where that really lies. And this story about the criminal turns to Jesus demonstrates that even in the depths of pain and despair, when we look for God, he can be found He's there at the center of humanity, hanging on a cross, coming to join us in our suffering, to bring a message of hope and light. And I speak to myself as much as I speak to all of you when I say, Jesus' offer on the cross extends to all of us. No matter what we've done, whether we're the innocent victims or guilty as charged, he's there and he wants to bring salvation afresh. And when we recognize this and come to him, no matter what, he's always, always stood there with open arms ready to embrace us. And if we regularly do come to him and we receive this love, we've got no option but to love him in return. And that means we begin to love ourselves in a deeper way. We begin to love our community in a deeper way. And we begin that transformational lesson for the soul. And this is sometimes, sorry, this is something that we're all called to do, no matter where we are on our journey of faith, whether we, rec- whether we can see ourselves in the criminal on the left or on the right, whether we're doing really well or perhaps we're not. We're all called to enter that journey. So I want to extend a challenge to everybody this week. I want you to come to Jesus And I want you to receive salvation afresh. I want you to start that journey that feeds the soul to it. And at the end of each day this week, if you could come to Jesus in the same way, that would be cool. And perhaps we could talk about it next week and see what Jesus is, is, is doing in our lives. So as a leader's in a response now, I'd like you to all to just close your eyes and picture Jesus as I pray for us. Come, Holy Spirit.
Holy Spirit, I ask that you come now and meet with each of us. Speak to us. And as we're here in this moment, I want you to picture yourself before Jesus on the cross. You look at him hanging there between two criminals. Recognize that Jesus is becoming what you fear. Nakedness. Exposure. Vulnerability. And failure. He's becoming sin to free you from sin. He's becoming what we do to one another to free us from punishing and scapegoating each other. He's being crucified so that we would stop crucifying. And as he hangs there, he, he refuses to transmit that pain to others. In your imagination, receive Jesus' invitation to you from the cross, hanging at the center of humanity, turning history around. Jesus, you are our life and also our death. You are our beauty and our possibility. And you see us for who we are. You're everything that we want and you're everything that we are afraid of. You're everything that we desire and everything that we deny. You didn't ask for sympathy. You never played the victim or asked for vengeance. And you breathed forgiveness and chose to enter into union with us. Help us to learn how to trust in your perfect love. Amen. Perhaps something that I said today was new or challenging to you. Perhaps something spoke to your soul and you'd like to receive prayer around that. Whilst I was preparing this sermon, I had a real sense that God wants to meet with people today. Jesus wants to bring light into the darkness and he wants to do something new. So during our worship, if you'd like to, to come and receive prayer, we'd love to pray for you. Come to myself or Tim or yeah. I just want to finish on the, another quote that I read that says, uh, the cross was a freely chosen revelation of love from God that was meant to shock the mind and heart and turn it back to trust and love for God. Amen. Thanks for listening.